The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the whole 6010. Focus. Fantasy. Fantasy. Focus. Welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast on a hump day field. And Mike and Star on your bell. Quiet trade deadline is now behind us. Kind of anticlimactic, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Was I was this, already. Everything in this show is like, okay, there's this much time left for this to happen. Yeah. These teams are making calls. Will anything happen? Nothing, it, happened. nothing happened. Obviously, there was a lot of speculation, but there wasn't as much speculation about players that were necessarily fantasy mo- uh, needle movers. Yesterday, the big name that really floated, and I, I understand before people tell me, like, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. The Le'Veon Bell train only, like, barely left the tracks. Like, it never really picked up the steam. The big name that was close to being on the move yesterday was Jet Safety Jamal Adams. That caused a lot of ripple effects, which is probably better suited for another podcast. But it seems like Joe Douglas, the GM, and head coach uh, Adam Gates are going to have to have some awkward conversations if they haven't had them already with Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell and other players that aren't named Sam Darnold on the Jets roster. Just one move was made yesterday, though, in total. It was Aqib Tlaib, who's on IR, mm-hmm. yeah, going to Miami in exchange for, uh, actually, Aqib Tlaib and a fifth-round pick in exchange for a seventh-round pick in 2022. Miami continues to stockpile and stockpile and stockpile some more future assets. So not a lot of news on the uh, trade deadline front, but Daniel, there was plenty of news yesterday, at least one major piece of news in the world of NFL. So let's get right to it. Rewind. news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. 32nd birthday for young Andy Dalton yesterday as a fellow 32-year-old. And what's weird is you start to... Ask yourself how old you are every once in a while. I've, I've, I've like five really? times I've had to ask people, like, how old am I again? Because mm-hmm. the number 32 <laughs> feels kind of insignificant. It becomes somewhat significant when you get benched on your birthday. It was kind of mean. Andy Dalton was benched on his birthday yesterday. The Bengals starting quarterback, of course, well, I'm not, he's not 0 8. The team is 0 8 so far this season. They're now on their bye, which means that um, that's a natural time for a team to sort of examine. Hey, is it time to consider a quarterback change or other major lineup changes? And Zach Taylor, their head coach, has handed the keys over, at least for now, to Ryan Finley. This sounds a little bit goofy to even ask it because this is, you know, arguably the worst team in football. But Mike, I mean, just from a fantasy standpoint, does this help, hurt, do nothing to the value of three guys who have kind of emerged of late for them? AJ Green, excuse me, AJ Green, excuse me. Uh, Taylor Boyd, Auden Tate, and then most recently, Alex Erickson. Like, is there any change here? Uh, not right now because it's a very high volume offense, yeah. right? They're running a lot of plays. Uh, as Kyle and I were talking about last night at bowling, we had our season debut at bowling. He pointed out that they're the fa- the fastest pace. Is that right, Kyle? The, they're the fastest pace offense in the league. The Bengals, yeah. The Bengals. So there you go. So as long as they keep doing that, uh, that'll be helpful. Also, if you look at someone like Adam Tate, for example, he actually ranks 15th at, at wide receiver in OFP. So essentially opportunity adjusted or expected fantasy points. But he's way below that line, line, like 32 points in terms of actual fantasy points because so many balls thrown at him are off target. He's the highest off target rate among qualified wide receivers. So we just need Finley to be a little more accurate, just put it in the vicinity of the receivers a little more. And actually, it could benefit them. And by the way, I was looking at his numbers from last season at NC State. He had one of the highest rates in terms of the percentage of his passes that went five plus yards downfield. So not one of the lowest in terms of throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. He pushed the ball down the field. That could be scheme, certainly. But it could be in his nature as well. So there is some reason here for optimism that maybe the offense is a little more efficient. Well, and by the way, week 10 could see the return of A.J. Green. Yeah. So that's like a gift yes. to you if you're coming in new as that a quarterback. Stefania, I, I don't like to put you on the spot in this regard because I know that you are very, like, you always err on the side of complete picture of information. But that seemed like a suggestion to me. Like, are you. Like, are you counting on A.J. Green in Week 10? Are you expecting? Are you thinking I think, it's... Like I think he has 50, said that he better? was kind of targeting Week 10. Okay, so when it comes... A.J. Green, is he doesn't fool around. He's a straight shooter. Yeah. I think he's been straightforward before. When he told reporters, like, I don't know where you got the six-week thing. That wasn't me. Um, I always thought it would take longer. I think he was being honest. I think 
he's been when he has told reporters, this is what I'm working on, but I'm not there yet. He's been honest. And so when he said he was kind of looking at week 10 and not really thinking about going anywhere because there was some chatter about whether he'd be moved out of Cincinnati. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm, I'm thinking I'm got my focus on this. And I think if everything feels good to him and there's no change, there's no setback, that could be the first time that we see him. Well, we look to see what happens with Ryan Finley. They are on their bye this week, so he makes his debut in Week 10 against the Ravens, and hopefully he has A.J. Green along with him. Now, Mike does something. He does a lot of things at ESPN, but one of the stats that he has sort of, I would say, um, is this proprietary or no, OFP? Proprietary Mm -hmm. stat from good old Mike Clay. I don't have any proprietary (laughs) stats myself, Uh, but Mike has one. It's called OFP. It stands for Opportunity for Fantasy Points, and it's basically uh, based off how much you were used in your respective role in a game, how many many fantasy points you would expect that player to get. Mm Mm-hmm. The overachiever last week, Mike, was a guy who had, I believe, four touchdowns total. Was it four for Tevin Coleman? Yes, Three, yes, four total touchdowns. Pretty good. Four Tevin Coleman, 38 fantasy points. But you're cautioning us just a little bit based off what you saw what? in week eight. I know. Be careful, Stefania. She might bite. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Listen, 38 fantasy points is expected total. It was 13. I mean, it was a huge gap, the largest in the, the league last uh, last week. But here, look, I'm going to say a lot of positive things nonetheless, Okay. okay? He I'd is like fantasy f- right here. Yeah, I know you're going to enjoy this. The number six scoring fantasy running back since he returned from injury four weeks ago. Like over 300 rushing yards, six total touchdowns, uh, 16.25 carries per game. You like that. What you don't like though is he's only played half of the snaps since he's been back, and he only has eight targets during that span. He only as well. needs half the snaps. Wouldn't it be kind of rude if he played all the snaps and that would be scored so many more points? Not if you had him on your fantasy <laughs> roster. It certainly would not. Uh, he actually, I think he only played 33% on Sunday. A part of that was the score. He's efficient. And, Where's your efficiency stat? Well, efficient. You chase volume, not efficiency, oh, okay. Stefania. Not touchdowns, <laughs> certainly. A little over his head in, in the touchdown so far is uh, uh, OTD is 4.2. He's at six touchdowns. He scored on 7% of his rushes, which is second highest among running backs. But uh, again, he's averaging a, a finish rate around 15, 16 so far. So I still think he's an RB2. And uh, they play Arizona this week. You like that matchup. We loved the matchup last week, too. He's the guy we highlighted on on our DFS podcast. I mean, he was underpriced, had a great matchup, and he delivered the goods. But again, things can swing based on the matchup uh, week in and week out. Well, they play the Cardinals tomorrow night. A full preview of this game on the show at that time. Mike and Stefania can hash out their differences (laughs) up until that point. The underachiever last week, Mike, is a player that I imagine probably regularly does not reach his OFP because of his quarterback. Titans wide receiver Corey Davis had three total fantasy points, much to the chagrin of, well, me. You expected much more based off of the looks he got last week. Yes, I'm still getting replies to the video we posted on social last week that said uh, Corey Davis could be a consistent fantasy asset. Now, we were very positive about that, and we got let down. That was the biggest letdown of the week. I I, I have a question. How were the replies? All positive. All good try. We still support you. Good job. Good effort. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it was none of that. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Corey Davis only three fantasy points. His expected total was twelve. Very disappointing. We after coming off the good week with Ryan Tannehill, season high in targets. We thought Tannehill just would have this ability to get him the ball, and he had a great matchup on top of everything against Tampa Bay. He had two catches, nine yards, no touchdowns on six targets in the game. In fact, this is unreal. The Titans wide receivers had sixty-two yards on ten catches in that game. Coming into the game, the Bucks were allowing two hundred and three point eight yards to wide receivers per game that was highest in the nfl which is all around disappointing uh as for Corey davis going forward look he only has two top 10 weeks so far this season he's been 50th or worse in the other six games i view him as a wide receiver four against carolina there's still hope right he could add a dud they switched coverage around in tampa bay last week a little bit moving hargraves inside maybe that threw them off there's still some hope he could be on your bench but i'm still i'm obviously i'm nervous starting him right now yeah, I feel like that's been the story of the last four years yeah. for Corey Davis. Yeah. Three years, four years. However long he's been in the league, that has been the story with Corey Davis. So much promise, and yet too much disappointment. Mike, tell us about ADT before we get into your Fantasy 32. Another one of your fancy, fantasy <laughs> articles you write each week. All right, let's do it. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is brought to you by ADT. What does real protection mean for our listeners you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home technology from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you and your family. You get 18,000 employees safeguarding you with connection to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells, 
indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. You can get a system custom designed to fit your home. You can get safety on the go in the car or when your kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Thank you, Mike. Time now for the Fantasy 32 portion of the show. And we talked about this on Monday. David Montgomery, maybe, possibly, perhaps, turn the corner after a breakout game. But, Mike, do you think that was a sign of things to come? Or do you think we'll look back on the 2019 season and say to ourselves, remember that one game where David Montgomery actually looked like the player that we were supposed to get when we drafted him in the top three rounds but actually didn't prevent Mm -hmm. or didn't provide us with the other 16 weeks of the season? Yeah, I think there's room for optimism. And I kind of, I think I expressed that last week because we had that one game where he just had whatever it was, the two carries. But before that, he was actually getting decent volume. The efficiency Mm -hmm. just wasn't there. So there was reason for optimism. And we saw it in week seven. The Bears called 56 passes and seven runs. Week eight, 41 passes and 36 runs. So I think Matt Nagy was being honest that they were going to run the ball. uh, And then some on top of that, a career day for Montgomery, 27 carries, five targets in the game at almost 150 scrimmage yards, scored a touchdown. That's what we want to see going forward. You're not going to get 27 carries uh, and five targets, but certainly they should be able to game script wise, keep him on target for 20 plus touches in a game. Like they're too good defensively. They're only allowing, I think 17 plus points per game. Like they are one of the best defenses in football, even if mm-hmm. they have not been as dominant statistically as they were last season, that they should be able to run David Montgomery. Combined touches should be somewhere around 20 each week. And I think he can. I And, and that would align with since week two. His usage since week two, and he was promoted 15.3 carries and 3.5 targets per game. So they don't have to change much right. in terms of him being on the field. He's played 73% of the snaps on Sunday. Uh, that all being said, this week they play the Eagles We've had the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. It is a tougher matchup than usual. Makes him a little shakier as an RB2, but he's certainly trending the right direction. Uh, Stefania, I know we don't like to do things like grading trades a minute they happen, <laughs> but now that oh, we're about a week into the one. Emmanuel Sanders trade, <laughs> how might you assess that deal? I think a few minutes into the game when he scored that four-yard touchdown catch, I graded it as an A. Okay. I mean, like, completely objective we, opinion, completely right? Completely objective, but he, he, was the, he led the team in targets. In his very first game, which isn't saying a ton. Obviously, we've talked so many times about how San Francisco is the run heaviest offense in the league. And they obviously turned to that run game because, you know, that player we just talked about, Mike Clay, Tevin Coleman, Mm -hmm. you know, he carried a lot of the workload for the rest of that game. But I think that was important for them to establish that quick connection. You know, Sanders was only there for a few days and all of a sudden he's in the offense. And Kyle Shanahan had said before the game that he was going to play a lot. I don't think he ended up playing as much volume as Kyle Shanahan indicated he would, but he got involved quickly. He and Garoppolo connected, and I think that's a good sign for things to come. They're still going to spread the ball around, but they had Marquise Goodwin absent because of a personal matter last week. They get Marquise Goodwin back for Thursday, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that changes things up. He's a quick study. Mike, what did you learn about Emmanuel Sanders on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, it kind of seemed like he didn't play a lot because they were so far ahead and, and doing so much damage on the ground. Like you said, he played 83% of the snaps. The problem is they only ran 22 pass right, plays, right? Right. And he was he was on the field, but not necessarily involved. Exactly, because he didn't beginning. need to be there. They love right. running the football. And that's kind of a concern for me going forward with his value. And we talked about that last week, right? They were the run-heaviest team in the NFL. That's why they only threw 22 passes right. in this game. And I'm a little nervous about that. But the good news is we were hoping for a... Like, I didn't project for a 23% target share. He had five targets in this game, 22.7% target share. That's perfect. Like, as long as we get that going forward, right in that range, he can give you wide receiver three numbers. So that's uh, that's good news for sure. All right, Manuel Sanders remains kind of in that flex consideration. Then DK Metcalf, Mike, same division. Stefania keeps calling his touchdowns, and he had two more last week. Basically the same pattern. Yeah. That was a short one, though. He had, he had a short he was like right into the end zone. So he also had a catch that would have would have been a touchdown that yep. he just barely missed although I think he ended up scoring yeah, like on that drive yeah. so um not necessarily like a touchdown he Mike, was robbed I got of. a name drop for a moment because this was funny because you know we watched the games here on Sunday and I know yeah. field you're there I don't know if you were still there in the room Randy Moss was described we were talking about DK Metcalf missing that catch and he's like he's too big his biceps are too big. His muscles are too big. Too like big. They got, they got, we were describing that he was so and I was sitting Teddy Bruschi and Randy Moss were saying like he's so physically like built yeah he couldn't like like ball just the old ricky williams issue right ricky williams used to fumble because his biceps (laughs) were so huge he had to start wearing sleeves 
Uh, DK Metcalf, though, Mike, the good news is he did score two touchdowns last week. I think some people are wondering, because you are the king of regression, mm-hmm. is this bound to stop, or are there some encouraging signs? Oh, there's an encouraging sign for sure, and that is the fact that he has 13 end zone targets this season. That is number one in the NFL. He's on his own. He's yeah. clearly number one in the league in end zone targets. Actually, he could have more than four touchdowns right now based on that usage. I mean, if you're getting thrown at the ball near the goal line that often, probably have six, maybe seven touchdowns. So uh, definitely optimism going forward. You know, there you might look at his stat line and see the two touchdowns, and, and that's fine. But then you see three catches for 13 yards, and that's that could obviously cause some concern moving forward. But there's a lot of positives here. He played 91% of the snaps. He's a full-time player out there with Tyler Lockett. He's reached five targets for the third straight game and the sixth time in eight games this season. He's reached 53 yards in five of his eight games. He's 30th among receivers in fantasy points. And as mentioned, with the usage near the goal line, he's going to be a great candidate to score each and every week. Maybe the best candidate based on the way he's being used near the goal line. Or not, the, not the best because of his target volume, but in terms of the percentage of his balls coming to him near the goal line. So plenty of room for optimism here. If you have him on your roster, he's a fine receiver three or flex. Doesn't it feel like the wide receivers in Seattle sort of fill the roles they're supposed to fill? Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, small and fast, he goes down the field. DK Metcalf, large, goes, you know, he's an effective red zone player. Right. And the thing is, the, what's more impressive, there's two things. One is, you know what role they're supposed to fill, and yet they execute can't stop it. Them. You yeah. can't stop them. Number two, I was going to say, now I'm no Mike Clay, but wasn't Tyler Lockett the one who was getting all the touch? I mean, I feel like yeah. they've shifted Tyler Lockett, and basically DK Metcalf has that role now. Because yeah. Tyler, Mech- uh, Tyler Metcalf, wouldn't that be <laughs> That would be a heck of a combo. Yeah. <laughs> but Tyler Lockett, was his efficiency in terms of touchdowns, that was him last year. Yeah, and we expected that. I mean, we expected his, his touchdown rate was off the charts. We fully expected that. And you've seen regression in the mean from Lockett in terms of yards per target, touchdown rate. His catch rate's actually higher than last year, which is unbelievable. But we've also seen his average depth of target closer to the line right. of scrimmage because playing they have to replace role. Doug Baldwin, exactly. right? So he's playing more. He's seeing more of those routes. Metcalf stealing more of the downfield work, and it's working fine for it, both. It, I mean, Metcalf's trending up, and, and Lockett's a great fantasy starter. Still, they run into the San Francisco defense on Ooh. Monday Night Football, November 11th. I'm a company woman. Daniel, being a company man, has a question. I do just have a question about it because we were just talking about Tyler Lockett back here behind the glass, and I, I just want to look at after... At like week four on, like four targets for Tyler Lockett. Four targets, four targets, five targets, seven targets, six targets. Like he's not a heavily targeted guy. Eventually, we were talking about this last year, like that that catch rate is going to have to fall off. Like is there any nervousness at all about when he is not crazy efficient catching the football because he's not getting a ton of targets in that passing game? I don't know. I mean, I at this point, I'm starting to wonder, like, why even what? doubt that the efficiency right. would tailor off? Like, he's always, he's just going to yeah. be this guy that has a. Have you seen him catch the ball? I on have. His tippy toes? I like, have. Like, and he's amazing. He I, is I don't amazing. think that, especially because now we're seeing it two seasons in a row. So I don't, right. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like it automatically has to fall off. So he's yeah, like even the if Mark you... Price of wide receivers when it comes to free throw shooters, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, well, Mike Price or Mark Price? You said Mike. Mark, I, I meant. I thought it was, I said Mark. Oh, you I said Mark. Mark. Okay, yeah. I thought I thought I heard Mike. Mark Price could stroke. You were looking up. at me. I get it. <laughs> is that what it is? Honest, honest mistake. But look, even if you regress that number a little bit, like I'm sure my projection for him probably is like a 78 percent catch rate or something, which is a little lower. But still, that's still going to be plenty. I mean, it's still extremely high for a player, uh, you know, playing the wide receiver position. So I'm not too worried about. It. He's getting six or seven targets a game. You have Russell Wilson, who is just unbelievably good at getting the ball to the open receiver. I'm not too worried about that. Not too worried about that. All right. Not too worried about the player we'll talk about in just a moment. Some call him the GOAT, and I agree with them. But first, a word from the Fantasy Show. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Fantasy, 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 And while it may not be the most savory slate of games for Week 9, we do have one matchup that everybody is especially looking forward to. It is the Patriots going to Baltimore to play the Ravens, coming off of their bye, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. Opposite teams, their two squads looking to uh, continue to improve their playoff standing in the AFC. And Tom Brady is coming off of an okay fantasy day, actually, because uh, it was really, really crappy weather this past Sunday when the Patriots played the Browns, but Brady had a couple of touchdown passes and a more effective game in the in the rain than I maybe would have expected based off how treacherous the weather was. 
Now he plays the Baltimore Ravens. We all have him as a top 10 option this week. Mike, for a long time, when you think of the Ravens defense, you think of one that has the potential to shut you down. The Ravens defense this year, particularly against notable competition, has really not really been able to slow many people down. Could Brady be in for a monster day on Sunday? Um, I don't know about that, just because, I mean, you mentioned their defense. Uh, they obviously just made some additions. Jimmy Smith's back from injury. They bring in Marcus Peters as well. Yeah. So suddenly that uh, foursome there uh, at corner is really tremendous, uh, and, and they should be able to match up with all of these wide receivers for uh, New England. They've been mid-pack against quarterbacks already this season, but believe it or not, only one top 12 week allowed. That kind of surprised me. They've allowed the eighth most yards, but this uh, only seven passing touchdowns. So that's kind of... I think some of it's context, and again, Patriots sure. defense too, right? Like Not like they've faced a bunch of barn burners, but the Ravens have faced one really, really good quarterback this year. That's Patrick Mahomes, yeah. who was able to have his way. I feel like I mean, they have been facing... Doesn't maybe I'm just wrong. I feel like I followed this on. They play um, Seattle too. I mean, oh, that's right. They did. Yeah, have they, a, they had a good they had day a against Ross. I take that back. You're right. Totally fair. I I missed the boat there on Ross, who did not have a great day uh, against them. But they've also you know, it has not been a yeah. murderer's row of quarterbacks. That sure, being sure. said, you think Tom Brady has a chance to get on track against these Ravens? I, I think. I mean, he's QB six this season, so he's been pretty good. And there's there's a couple of and four top seven weeks. So obviously we've seen the upside from him. But they're, the thing I like the most about Brady this season, as opposed to last year, when at this think about this point last year, yeah, when we were really concern because they were running the ball so much right there was no fantasy value they're the second pass heaviest offense in the nfl if you yeah. adjust for game script they are throwing the ball a ton brady is top five in dropbacks pass attempts completions and yards so my only point with the ravens is that they're not like a pushover defense they've been kind of like okay against quarterbacks and they they Middle add yep. two really good corners to the mix i mean it could it could be a it could potentially be a trouble spot but i haven't met qb9 with four teams on a bye i think he is a borderline starter yep and uh, the patriots should be better offensively this week with mohammed sanu actually having a full week yep. to get ready and the fact that it's not going to be as far as i know sideways rain on sunday night in baltimore all of those things tend to bode well for both sides really looking forward to this matchup now Mike, you came within a hair of a Call of Shame nomination last week. But Melvin Gordon bailed you out. Before we talk about his Week 9 outlook, tell the people... I'm so disappointed by that. It was close. It was really close. It looked like a Call of Fame early. Yeah. You've gotten the end zone early. Yeah. Yeah. Melvin Gordon bailed you out just barely. I'm going to... All right. Seeing as how Melvin Gordon bailed you out, Mike, I'm going to read this live read. Is that okay with you? Oh, yeah. That was for Daniel. Sorry. That's all right. That's okay. We talk QB1s. We talk RB1s. We talk wide receiver ones, all kind of ones on this podcast. Stefania Bell ones. <laughs> Every show within true number one in my bathroom routine, it's Dollar Shave Club. Their fantasy formula is simple. Develop, craft, refine everything and only make products that are of the highest quality. They have everything that I need for an amazing shave. And you can tell because the executive razor is solid, weighty. It feels good in your hands. You know what I mean? It's not some flimsy piece of plastic. I hate using a gunked up razor. What about you, Stefania? It's the worst. Shaving cream, hair, skin. Who knows what's getting stuck in there? It's gross. That's why I love using their shave butter. It's like putting angel tears across my skin. Oh, my gosh. It's so incredible. Specifically formulated to be lightweight. It's like a hot knife through butter. Plus, it's full of vitamins on all of the areas that I'm placing that Dollar Shave Club Shave butter keeps my skin healthy and hydrated. As a Dollar Shave Club member, I never have to waste time at a store wondering if what I'm getting is any good because I know what I'm getting is the highest quality because afterwards, when I feel that area that I just shaved, Stefania, it is so smooth. Why are you calling me out in this? Because I asked you a question. You didn't respond. I was just going to keep asking you until you eventually were a part of the live read. (laughs) Dollar Shave Club isn't some sleeper. No, it's a keeper like our Mike Clay. Put their quality to the test. Their ultimate shave starter set has basically everything you need for an amazing shave. The executive razor. I just call it the X, if you know what I'm saying. The shave butter, prep scrub, and post-shave do. The best part is you can try it for just five bucks. And after that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. And you can be just like me, smooth in all the right places. 
the way you read that live read is just it's, it's an it's experience. Award, it's award winning. It really is. Really. It really I mean, is an experience to hear you, you start read. bringing me into. You it. should see what the experience is like when I'm shaving in the morning. No. Okay, Daniel, I'd rather Wait, not. Let's no. move along to Melvin Gordon, who, as we just mentioned, <clears throat> Mike nearly made his way into the Hall of Shame wow. over him. The Call of shame. Call of Shame. Excuse me. Melvin Gordon faces the Packers on Sunday, and. You know, the encouraging signs for Melvin Gordon is that since he returned to the field of play, they own a 44 to 16 carry edge over Austin Eckler. So he has become the clear court, clear cut workhorse back out of the backfield. Now, the Chargers fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt on Monday night during the Dolphins and Steelers game. I saw a note from Jim Trotter, the NFL Network, our former colleague here at ESPN, who's well-tapped into all over the NFL, but also the Chargers. Especially the Chargers. Mm -hmm. And a tweet to the effect of, basically, the team wanted more balance. Anthony Lynn wanted more balance on the offense, whereas Ken Wisenhunt was a little bit more dedicated to throwing the football, airing it out, sort of the Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. Do we think that with the more balanced approach in mind... Melvin Gordon's value might actually rise going forward now, Mike? I think it could. I mean, he's averaging two and a half yards per carry. I just, he's talented, right? He's he's a good football player. He's a good running back. We've seen that on display for many years in, this, in the NFL. There's a reason he was drafted in the first round. His talent level does not suggest two and a half yards per carry. And I know the offensive line is a huge part of that. You you need to kind of hope that that's going to be a little bit more improved going forward. Who knows if if that's going to happen, but maybe they could find ways to open lanes with the coordinator change here. And keep in mind, despite what feels like a disastrous month with him in this offense. His last two fantasy finishes, RB20, RB24. Which is more Not a reflection of the fact that like it takes very little to actually be a top 25 running back. But still, that's, if, I mean, I know. if you're... you're a but, lot of guys but are he's, he's ahead of a lot of other people. No I mean, you're, you're, it suggests he should be in lineups, right? You're I mean, right. And, and you're chasing volume, 70% of the carries, as you mentioned, 11% of the targets. That's sufficient as long as his efficiency is below average and just not horrendous as it's been. And again, he's getting the goal line work, which yeah. is a good sign. So the goal line work is encouraging. I just, you know, it's just so weird. It's just like how often does a player go from being incredibly ineffective from an explosive plays department to all of a sudden just flipping the switch and becoming a big play running back? We've seen it before from Melvin Gordon, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I think right now I'm just fatigued by it. I'm fatigued by expecting big things from Melvin Gordon and then seeing another 2.8 yards per carry effort or something like that at the end of the game on Sunday. Yeah, well, maybe this is an opportunity. They're playing the Packers, who, believe it or not, are allowing the eighth most fantasy points to running backs this season. They're averaging, allowing 4.9 yards per carry. That's second worst. 15 carries inside the five, second most. Eight rushing touchdowns is third most. And 879 rushing yards allowed is seventh most. So a lot of volume against them and efficiency against them, maybe... Gordon and Eckler kind of get it going this week. I bet there are people that drafted Melvin Gordon, obviously did not use him up until he returned, but when he did return, thought, hey, I can use Melvin Gordon, right? He's my guy. And yet at some point, they also added Jamal Williams on the waiver wire. And if they had the choice between those two players right now, they would actually play Jamal Williams, which he's lower in all of our ranks, to be clear. But, Mike, if you look at an offense that's actually clicking, it's the Packers and the involvement of the running backs in the passing game of late is ridiculous. Is Jamal Williams, we had this conversation a bit, is it Monday? Monday. Like, he might be a staple of your flex spot now. Uh, see, he's just one of them guys that I have trouble with, like Chase Edmonds and, uh, like, it, there, there's been other ones. haters to find you. It's just, like, guys that are like playing. Is one of them guys. Yeah. When, when, guys. You're playing, when you're running back playing 25, 30% of the snaps, it's just hard for me to say I feel great about putting him in my top 20 or top 20. I have him. 34 this week you're at 28 so we're not that far off like obviously right, yeah. there's some some concern there uh he's only handled 26 percent of the carries, eight percent of the targets he has five touchdowns yes you like that but his expected total is 2.1 he's way above his head in that department he scored a touchdown on 18.2 percent of his targets which he's, is nowhere near right. sustainable nowhere if near not for aaron jones ridiculousness then we might be talking about that more right yeah but yeah but and we but we'd still be talking about the fact that he's not going to keep this up and i would apply that to aaron jones too I mean, his touchdowns are out of control. Even yeah. though he's getting more work near the goal line, and you like that, his touchdown—he's way over his head in that department. And Jones has out touched him in back-to-back games. So there was a point earlier this year where you kind of saw Williams kind of, you know, just sniping him on touch after touch, and we were really getting frustrated. That hasn't happened over the past two weeks. He's been involved, but Jones has been the lead guy. There's always—I feel like there's always one guy each year who just completely obliterates what regression tells us is supposed to happen with touchdowns. A couple of years ago, it was Todd Gurley. Last year, it was Eric Ebron. 
Maybe these two Packer running backs are just the guys that just buck trends for the entire season. Sort of, but it's you don't want to bet on that though, because almost everyone else will not. Maybe almost everyone Fine. else. Maybe will. I will, Mike. You, you can if you want. Maybe Stefan and I will. You can. If, by the way, Todd Gurley has been getting an enormous amount of work at the goal line the past year, so he was a little over his head, but not by that much, right? Where Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, not not so much. They're scoring from far out, and those guys almost it's almost impossible for them to keep it up and you can apply that to Eric Ebron too who was one of the most targeted players in the end zone I think he led the NFL in end zone targets I just I I mean there was a brief scare this week when Aaron Jones left the game because of a shoulder injury and he Aaron Jones feels to me there's a couple things that have happened you know he had the hamstring before the start last season had a knee injury that cost him a few games like he's gonna get dinged up and there's always the thing with Jamal Williams at least performing as well as he has is I feel like if there's anything that happens to Aaron Jones. Like, he skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Like, he's totally... Got no question. It. And this is a good matchup for him this week. I think he has got opportunity, too, against the Chargers. I think the most important part about the running backs right now in Green Bay is that until Devontae Adams returns, and we don't know, it's only Wednesday, we'll see whether or not he actually practices today in a more complete capacity relative to where he's been in recent weeks, is that they can't get anything out of their wide receivers right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. The running backs are the yeah. only part of the offense they can trust. Yeah, and you're seeing the target share go up with Adams out, no doubt about it. By the way, I, I just want to add this in on the matchup this week against the Chargers, and we mentioned this last week. It is a good matchup right now because they are really beat up there. You know, Ingram was out, obviously he's back, but their two top defensive tackles are out too. They've allowed 34-plus fantasy points to running backs three of the past four weeks, yeah, so they're getting hammered by that position. Yep, rough go of it for the Chargers of late. All right, Devin Singletary has been slow-rolled back into this Buffalo offense. And Stefania, people are saying, wait, but he's healthy, right? So do you attribute this to, do you think this is just the Bills being cautious and then continued trust in Frank Gore? There's no lingering effects that we're aware of, right? I don't think so. We we had this conversation going into the game that we thought, did we trust that Devin Singletary, like were were we expecting that he would have um, a better showing this week when he was one more week removed from the hamstring injury because you got to remember he was out a month and so oh something fell behind that. me <laughs> ignore that, the thing that's that was a ghost tomorrow's halloween a ghost just knocked some stuff over some ghost behind me but um yeah the ghost threw me off anyway uh, we were wondering if we were going to see a bump up in terms of what Devin Singletary did and I think I think we were you're looking at me funny. Feeling. No, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just, I'm engaged by your thoughts here. No, 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 no. I, but I think that now you're, it's like unleash him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think they were probably being cautious. I think there's a reason they held him out as long as they did because they were being cautious. Mike, you think it's the same thing there? Um, I, I think there's a few things to consider. I mean, he played a lot of snaps. He easily outsnapped Gore, 39 to 17. But he only in this past game he had three carries and and six targets. He's ran a route on almost on 79 of 124 snaps. So they really are trying to deploy him how we thought they would in the preseason, as their say Tariq Cohen or Darren Sproles is like a pass catcher. But that might limit his carry total going forward, especially with Gore uh, in the picture. In fact, if you look at their four games together, uh, Devin is outsnapped. Gore by a 21, but has 30 fewer carries. He's averaging 8.6 yards per carry, so maybe they should hand him the ball a little bit more often. Is that going to or no? Yes. Okay. Yes, it it definitely sure but that? nonetheless, it's still a good effectiveness. You want to get uh, the ball in a guy like that's hands. Um, but he does also have three top 25 fantasy weeks in four games, which is nice. And he does have a good matchup. So if you're considering him for your flex, considering they're playing Washington this week, fifth most fantasy points to running backs, 30-plus fantasy points allowed to backs in four of their past five games. They've actually faced 269 running back touches. That is most in the NFL. So what you just said about the snaps and the way he's being used and the way that he has sort of become the passing down back mm-hmm. for Buffalo, I'll be very interested if this game goes as I, as I think many expect it to. Vegas, in particular, has the Bills as a 9.5-point favorite. It might suggest that, hey, they're going to run the football effectively against, or they're going to be up big against the Redskins, which would lead them to run the football more. And if they are running the football a ton, does that snap count share end up being closer to 50 50, right. if not Do in Frank Gore's favor? You might learn something. Might be some, yeah, it could be instructive based off how this game plays out on Sunday if they do, in fact, handle their business. Now, some might retort and say the Bills just got walloped by the Eagles. And they got all they could handle from the Dolphins two weeks ago. So perhaps this game will be closer than the betters currently believe. I don't know if we're sort of setting this up for a board bet or not, but there is some potential here to kind of have a rankings flipped here. John Brown checks in at 29 for me. Mike and Stefania have him at 21, 25 
respectively. Meanwhile, I've got Michael Gallup at 22. You guys have him at 29 Mm. and 28, respectively. Mm. So if you're going to make the case for John Brown here, Mike, what might be the case for Smokey Brown? I know he's been consistent, but is the upside that significant? Uh, I think so with the target share he gets and, and the way he's utilized. I mean, he's wide receiver 21 so far this season. I have him ranked 21st, somewhat of a coincidence, but I guess it makes some sense. Two top 10 weeks already. He's been a little bit boom bust, but he does have 10 plus. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say he's boom bust. He's 10 plus fantasy points every week. So yeah. he's giving you a pretty decent floor. Uh, his average depth of target is 13.9, which is kind of high, but he's got 72% of his, uh, of his targets, which immediately popped into my head like, Poor man's Tyler Lockett, right? Like just getting the ball downfield yep. and still catching a high rate. You like uh, that for sure. 24% target share this season, playing a career high 87% of the snaps and good matchup here against Washington. Allowing, uh, actually, it it seemed, you know what? Actually, let me let me readjust that because if you look at weeks one through three, they allowed 55 fantasy points per game to receivers, which is a huge number. Since then, it's only 25 per game. So they've actually kind of but cracked down a little that, bit. Is that, that, um, that, that, is that a function of how the game's been played against Washington? Well, and we would expect that to be the case this week, right? right. They've only faced 129 wide receiver targets. That's third fewest. Right. So the efficiency's been bad. The volume's been low. If, as we just talked about, the Bills are able to run the football a lot in this game, maybe that does hurt Brown. So that's one slight negative over the past slight, month or yeah. so. But I think overall, He's with the target like, share, kind of like Emmanuel consistently, Sanders. Yeah. Five catches in four straight games. I feel like you could see Brown early. And he's gonna, and he'll prove his value there. And then you might see a shift to more of a run heavy game. Redskins yeah. context on those wide receiver points allowed last week. It was just Stephon Diggs, no Adam Thielen. Week prior to that, it was the Mud Bowl in DC right. against that the Forty Niners, yeah. nine nothing. So there have been some games that things haven't necessarily um, been in the favor of their opponents even bother throwing the football. So Michael Gallup on the other side, the guy that I am more interested. I feel kind of bold about this one here. The Giants have allowed a player to go over 105 receiving yards six times this season. One of those players is Michael Gallup, 7 for 158 all the way back in week one. When he gets five or more targets this season, Michael Gallup is averaging 17.2 fantasy points per game this season. I am just buying into the idea that Michael Gallup now should be close to fully healthy. I know that he has been back on the field since that surgery, but they have their bye week. You'd imagine that a guy who had surgery like a month ago or a month and a half ago probably could use a few extra days of rest. And, Mike, the reason why I was asking you whether I think that the floor, I'm sorry, the ceiling is not that high on, on John Brown. I get it where he is for the total of the season, but he has no more than 75 receiving yards in five of his past six games. He hasn't had a 30-yard catch since week one. Like, mm-hmm. this is a player that's known for his explosiveness. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's what Michael Gallup could be. So I'm thinking maybe Michael Gallup has the edge here. And should I dangle? Should I wager myself a board bet here? Michael Gallup versus John Brown. Should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? I'll tell you what, Fields. You only live once. You and let me tell you. You live once. YOLO. You know something? What a good idea. So I say, if you guys are interested in taking this bet, one or both of you, I say Michael Gallup outscores John Brown in week nine. I say John Brown outscores Michael Gallup in Week Nine. Put it on the Put board. It on the board. Put it on the board. Dang that was a little it. slow because I thought it. you were going to say right. it too. I thought no, you were no, part I of the board. I I'm gonna, and I was so proud of you for like getting it right there. So I just thought I'd chime in with the "put it on the board." Oh, See, you're okay. in. Are you I'm in or no? Okay. But she didn't I'm say in. it. I, I, I don't did. Think... I said put it on the board. I know, but you didn't say I, the thing. I can see where it was going. You I threw re- Mike I off. I read the room. That's the difference. You, but Mike was waiting <laughs> for you to say a thing, which is why he didn't do it. That one's not on you, Mike. I okay, would like to make you. that. I did like thank Kyle's you. comment here on the screen. Kyle says that Mike is on tape delay. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Kyle was a funny. Seven second buffer. We love you still, Mike. It's true, but I was wait. Uh, no, I have an excuse on this one. Right, yes, Daniel's with yes, me. Yes, Look, if Daniel agrees with me on something, then I'm right. It's okay? only because you two are bowling on the same team. Yeah, now. so you're That's bowling like, buddies. Like all of a sudden, we were bowling buddies last year. What are you talking about? Whatever. Daniel know. Daniel knows enough. You don't cross prison, Mike. Everybody knows That's that. Right. It's one of the most established things <laughs> in the entire. You don't want to be on the, the wrong universe. end of one of those spreadsheets. I'll tell you what. That's right. No, you don't. I'll take it down with with numbers. Before we get to a few (laughs) social questions via Keith, Stefania is going to tell us about SeatGeek. I am, Fields. Thank you. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult All the time. I hate it. All the time. It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. 
With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. A quick look at the App Store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. Not cool key, not cool key, not cool key, lips and rocks. Never not great there, Keith. Tell us about the social questions du jour. Yeah, I got a handful of them here today. Uh, Flo wants to know better stash. And this is not Gardner Minshew, by the way. <laughs> better stash for the rest of the season. Uh, Kenny Stills. Chris Conley, Miko Hardman, or Preston Williams? I'm going to do process of elimination here. I'm going to cross off Chris Conley first. Mm-hmm. I am going to cross off Miko Hardman second. Yep. And then I'm going to cross off Preston Williams third and land on Kenny Stills. I land on Kenny Stills uh, because of short term, right? I think once Will Fuller comes back, he might have a hard time being consistent. I might like Preston Williams a little bit more, but Stills is the guy I want now. As long as Fuller's out, he should be at least in in your flex, maybe wide receiver three spot. I know he kind of disappointed last week, but they're going to have that with a lot of players. So Stills is still in a good position in that offense. Yeah, when's the Texans bye week? It's coming. Uh, like I will tell weeks. you, it is in. I can't find it. Okay. Um, well, it's like, I'm lo- what, 10, week 10. Week it week is 10. week 10. So I was under the impression that Will Fuller would be out through the bye week and maybe a week beyond. So that means mm-hmm. you get a week of really good week, another week of solo Kenny Stills and maybe a week after that. But if you need the value now, he's certain they like him a lot down there. They really do. More hard-hitting questions here. Twisty wants to know, what is your favorite flavor of jam? That's so easy. It's Ugh. apricot. Really interesting. What? Quick it's answer. Such an eccentric. I know. Quick answer. Answer. What is yeah. not eccentric? Apricot. Apricot. What's? Hey, like, my great grandma like called you on her jam bag, Stefania. <laughs> well, what? What did you say? Boysenberry. Yeah, I was just being funny because no, you because said that's apricot. actually a really good flavor. Is it? Oh yeah. my gosh, you're not helping yourself here, Stefania. Come um, on. No, listen. We had apricot tree growing up. Apricot, apricot, whatever. We had a tree in our backyard growing up in California. As you're fortunate enough to do. We have a lot of fruit trees. My mom made apricot jam every year. So it's like one of those childhood memories. My favorite. Really good. What's the problem? Why is that an issue? Why are you making fun of me? Mike, you have an answer? You have a... Uh, I anything? would... Uh, I, Kyle just wrote strawberry. I'm surprised he knows that that's that like jam is a thing. Like You, you eat that? <laughs> NBA yeah. jam, right? NBA Stop jam! Yeah. Uh, NBA jam is a good one. Uh, strawberry jam. Daniel, how about you? Agreed, strawberry. Strawberry, yeah. Um, I'd probably say like for... All purposes, strawberry, but I, every once in a while, and I know, like I know that a lot of people don't like grape. Every once in a while, yeah, I yeah. Like grape. too. Yeah, I was going to no, say grape. Grape, grape, grape is a jelly. Yeah, grape okay. is a jelly, Sorry, not jam. a jam. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Wait, strawberry no jam. Difference. Then when I like to get crazy, I like blackberry because it's a little Ooh. bit of a you know blackberry like a bad boy and jam. Blackberry are pretty close. Okay, yeah, got it. I just want but, you guys both to know that Jackson just said, "What's an apricot look like?" Back here? <laughs> I'm really disappointed in him. Wait. He, I don't think he. I legitimately don't think he knows what an apricot looks like. You know like. what? Don't worry, Jackson. It's okay. Oh, he just googled it. Don't worry. We got to figure it out now. Listen, okay. there's no apricot propel, so I don't know what it is. Like all these okay. other color: <laughs> grape, strawberry, blackberry. They're all they're all propel. Strawberry. I feel like you I guys never got like you know you, you didn't have much jam experience. Oh, sorry, we didn't grow up with an apricot tree in our backyard, <laughs> Stefania. <laughs> Heaven forbid. I mean, I didn't grow up with. You know what? I bet you else either, you never but... had that. I, my mom used to make fig jam. Hmm. So good. That actually is good. You guys did you, did you like fig? No did you like response. fig Newtons? Love I love fig Newtons. Okay. Too. So dope. That was that was kind of a love hate. Fun fact: with, my uh, my dad Newton. called me Newt when I was a kid because I ate them all the time. Wait, Newt? <laughs> <laughs> what? what did Fun fact: just learn? new thing just happened. Oh, okay. Mom called him Prison Mike. Let's dad go back to Newt yeah. as a kid. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Prison Mike. Let's go there. What have I done? I love it. Newt. Oh my gosh! This is this is exactly what everyone was. What, this is what everybody came for today. I'm sure. And so they call me in the clink, Newt. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was only, that was the code. That yeah. was if you were on the inside. Yeah. That, that will be on a future drop somewhere. Okay. <laughs> did you use your money that you earned in prison, Mike, to buy Fig Newtons? At I the did. Room? Instead of I cigarettes? Did. <laughs> at, at commissary, that's what I went. And, yeah, Fig Newtons. Mike knows a lot about prison. <laughs> he, is, he really does. I think we I unfortunately learned, stumbled upon I learned something. everything I know about prison from Orange is the New Black. So I think Sure. I, sure. And Michael Scott. All right, yeah. Keith. What okay. else? <laughs> Uh, Cozy wants to know, can I get David a Dave Donson <laughs> rest of season name game? Oh, I'm boy. having a hard time here. Is that a Donson? We just got a, a Donson? Donson? Yeah. Uh, David Johnson name game for the rest of the season. Daniel, put the drop. You know when you're when you grow up and you have a name? Sure. Field is playing with his own spicy tomato. I mean just I just don't want to touch it. Why do you hate Devontae Freeman? Why do you hate Aaron Rodgers? I don't want to leave before we talk about Golden Tate. So many names to choose from. Field brought up boner. But when I squeeze it, nothing happens. And then Mike Clay brought up boner. Now a groin issue. We don't know where that is. You don't know where the groin is? What's with Ted Ginn? I'm just Why can't warning you. Just you? Tap it? Because Carson Palmer f***ing sucks. I'm an attractive human. Oh, you are. Yeah. You are. You're very attractive. This is He's getting right. creepy all of a sudden. Put your shirt on and tell me some, uh, some fantasy advice. Matthew Barry, you're son of a b- It's a family <laughs> show. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good all right, one. I'll give have, you the who, names. Who you have the option. That name drip? Of course, the one and only the one Lee and Martin. Only. Here we Lee go. Martin. By the way, is the assumption here that he's coming back after next week? No, the week assumption or? is that... We don't know. He's, okay, that's you good. Have to do right now. That's, that's the point of the game. Mike. Okay. David right. Johnson or Marlon Mack? David Johnson. Uh, Johnson, yeah. David Johnson or Tevin Coleman? Uh, see, that's where it gets okay, tough. Okay, now really... I can't be objective because, of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to say Tevin Coleman. You know, but... I have, uh, especially with Johnson mix, missing a game here, uh, projected to miss one more. Actually, Coleman Tevin ahead. Coleman. I have Coleman ahead. Yeah. Okay, Chris Carson or David Johnson? David Johnson. Car- I'm- uh, I'm going to go Carson. Yes, He's a ton here. of volume there. Aaron Jones or David Johnson? David Johnson. I'm going Jones. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I go Aaron Jones. Touchdowns well. will come down, but I think he's just too good. The offense is too good. He's the lead back. Okay. I'd go with him. How's it feel to be wrong? Okay. And David oh, okay. Johnson or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Chubb. Even with Hunt's, Kareem Hunt's back after this week. Yeah. So keep that in mind, but I still think he's good enough. Yeah, David Johnson or Josh Jacobs? Uh, I'm going to go Jacobs. He's been really effective with a lot of volume. I wish I'm he just, saw I'm more targets. I'm a little targets. worried about him because he's been so close. I mean, he's been he's banged up pretty good. Um, but That was Johnson, too. That's why I, I broke know. that time. Yeah. Fine. Josh Jacobs. All right. One he's more close. here. Two more here. Josh, excuse me. David Johnson or Devontae Freeman? David Johnson. Um, I'll, go, I'll go Johnson on that one. Okay. Last one here. I don't have any disagreement, by the way. David Johnson or Mark Ingram? Kind of an interesting I'll, one. I'll go Johnson. Yeah, not enough targets. Yeah, not enough mm-hmm. targets for Ingram. Yeah. Sledding, sledding gets more difficult yeah. for both. There are actually a lot of teams. The Patriots, yeah. the 49ers, I think the Ravens as well, whose schedule sees a decided uptick in the second half relative to where it was competition-wise in the first half. Keith? Mike brought up uh, Kareem Hunt's pending return. Justin wants to know, better stash. Darius Geis or Kareem Hunt? I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt, which might yeah. probably is going to be a disagreement. From, I actually uh, am going to agree with okay. you on that. I'm nervous about I said this on the show yeah. on Monday. I'm nervous about uh, Tuesday. I'm nervous about Darius Geis. Like, first of all. For a number of reasons. He can return in Week 11. Doesn't mean he has to return in Week 11. Also, like, this team isn't very good. Nope. They don't run the football effectively. Mm-hmm. He's a health risk. Yeah. And as much as I think there's a chance Darius Geis is a good player, like, the body of evidence he's, like, an, an amazing talent is really small. Yeah, and he could come back and just share the backfield with AP the rest of the season, yeah. right? So it, it's possible. Yeah. My instinct right away was Hunt, and then I started thinking about it, and then you you start thinking, you know, volume, right? Like, uh, there's a chance guys could be a 15 to 20 touch sort of player. It's possible, yeah. at least even with, with Peterson uh, in the backfield for now. Whereas Hunt, if Nick Chubb is healthy, he does not have a path to a full-time role. He'll probably be a 30% snap sort of player. So this is a really tough call. You more conviction, so maybe we should lean your direction, but... Um, my instinct says I'd rather have guys on my bench right now. Okay, it, fair or, enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean the, the, the I have, my thought process. I, there, Kareem Hunt right now in fantasy football actually kind of reminds me of you know the NBA teams have a future draft pick and they they hoard it. The Celtics did this forever, right? They had all these Nets picks, and you'd always talk about trade possibilities, and it was like the Nets pick going forward, and it's right. like. You know that that Nets pick could become Zion Williamson if the the ping pong balls bouncing your favor. Or it could become like an average lottery pick that's not very good, right? The Kareem Hunt thing is like, hey, listen, Kareem Hunt, if something happens to Nick Chubb, would be a top five running back, right? We know in terms of talent that he is capable of being that. He also might come back and he might get eight 
carries a game, and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So um, the value of Kareem Hunt right now actually might be at an apex from a trade standpoint because someone might offer you what could be, even not, not an RB1, but someone might offer you someone you could start every single week, and that might be more than what you get out of Kareem Hunt starting next week and for the rest of the season. Yeah, if you're stashing Hunt, you might want to go talk to the Nick Chubb owner or and uh, you know the person who has Chubb on their roster so um, just to see what they have. Maybe yeah. you can get some a good receiver or something like that. All right, uh, what else, Keith? Yeah, last one here from Steve. He says his team is looking good and he's trying to get a jump on the competition. Any streamer defenses that you like for the final month this season? Mike, I get the sense that you actually took the time to look at whose schedules are favorable in the last month of the season. I did. Okay. I did. That's what I was doing in a pre-show meeting. You were snacking or something. I don't know what you were doing. So. Uh, t- tweeting, yeah. You were tweeting, yeah. I was, uh, the eight. <laughs> um, I was looking at these defenses. So I was just scanning through the opponents uh, and three popped out um, almost right in line alphabetically. The Lions have okay. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Denver. Uh, so maybe you don't want to use them against Minnesota, but Tampa Bay and Denver could be possibilities. The Packers, they play Washington, Chicago, and at Minnesota. Like those? Mm-hmm. And then Houston is Denver, who, and we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. It could be Brandon Allen, Nick, Drew Locke, who knows. Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay scores points, but they turn it over a lot, obviously. Right, right. So Detroit, the, Green Bay, and Houston. Defense Detroit, keeps. Green Bay, Houston. I always like looking for turnovers because yeah. those points don't disappear on you. All right, three names to consider. I think it's hard to stash somebody for you know several weeks if you're not going to use them until weeks 14, 15, Agreed, 16, yeah. and 17. But maybe as we get to the turn of week 12 when bye weeks are over, week 13, and your roster is kind of set, get a jump by adding either the Lions, the Packers, or the Texans. On Thursday, we're going to preview the Thursday night game between the Cardinals and the... Who are they playing again? Oh, yeah. My San Francisco 49ers. Oh, that's right. The 7-0 and San Francisco 49ers. A great challenge for Kyler Murray. We'll have practice updates, and we have a word from Daniel before we go anywhere. Not only that, but we are all going to dress up on the podcast for tomorrow. Sure. So like, if you have never... Surprise. Okay, calm down, because if people have never watched the video, this is the show to tune in for, Stefania. That's called a tease. Follow Welcome to the business. at Fantasy Focus on Twitter to see the live stream, or the ESPN YouTube channel, the ESPN app, the ESPN fantasy page on facebook so many ways to watch us we look forward to it talk to you guys tomorrow peace out if you need a stick of tide field is your guy if you're in bristol or in farmington you should find another ride candidly he hates mike clay and you know that it's a fact stats and tweets that'll make you laugh he's our favorite host and everybody knows his name he's field Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you. With savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.